Don't put that in the podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You heard it here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to maybe, I've said too much, the alpaca fur thong of internet podcasting. Yeah, give that one a minute. I am Mike, and I will be your host as we slip slowly and further into madness. I am joined as always by my good buddies, uh, Joel Crawford of Missing Digit Woodshop and Izzy Swan of all things Izzy Swan. Gentlemen, welcome back. I think tonight should be a good one. Well, let's hope it is. If we I can get it so. to record. <laughs> right on. Can we take a pause for a minute? I'm on Amazon looking for alpaca fur thongs. Yes. <laughs> if oh, there's something boy. better, I haven't heard of it. Izzy's new video. How a collapsible, a collapsible, a portable alpaca thong that can uh double as a slingshot it would also in his case would double as a bowling pin holder <laughs> if he makes those that's but, right uh, anyway guys so uh yeah uh, we have uh we actually have some topics are uh, we actually recording we are, are really recording i mean i don't know you know we we've we, we apparently have to record each podcast about 35 times to be able to put one on air but uh <laughs> That's okay because it just are. means I get to hang out with you guys more. But you know, we should like take those like three minute long segments and put them on um, on uh, on uh, uh, Patreon because <laughs> they're gold. Oh God! <laughs> oh Lord! That's uh, I'm actually waiting for my computer to crash as we speak. Believe it or not. So. Uh oh. There will be no crashing tonight. Yes, I seem to be recording at a different at a different timeline than than the two of you. So I've got that to look forward to in, in editing. Oh no! <laughs> so we're all all three of us are recording on a different timeline by the looks of it. Yeah, isn't that good? Thank you, Internet, for your wonderful technology. Oh hmm. man! Why can't we just use tin cans and run strings between each of our houses? That might work better. Yeah, at this point, I mean, that's probably not a bad choice. <laughs> So, but, uh, anyway, so Izzy, you were going to be telling us a little bit about a, um, air compressor that oh, committed murder. Oh yeah, that's right. We talked we about We teased somebody. that from last episode. So in all the shops I've ever been in, I've only, I've only, um, only one person has ever died and it wasn't by some, you know, nasty getting your head whacked off by a bandsaw or table saw. It was an air compressor. Uh, and it was, oh gosh, I was really young. And it was in a shop of a friend of my uncle's, so it sounds like an urban myth, but this actually happened. Um, a crew member was goofing around with an air compressor and put the nozzle next to a friend of his rear end and pulled the trigger. And apparently, air went up the wrong end, and the guy died of, I guess it would be an embolism? Jesus. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Don't mess around in shops, boys and girls. Especially with air compressors. Hmm. Huh. Well, that's well, uh. Well, maybe maybe uh, maybe it's good we started off by bringing the whole thing to a crashing halt. I don't know. So, well, you, yeah, was, you know, we we were we said we would talk about that. So I mean, I thought you were going to say something like the 
you know, the bottom of the tank rusted out because of, you know, compression moisture and, and the thing took off and I don't know, well, the guy was seen, straddling it or something. I don't know. Have seen the air compressors from back in the seventies? It was just going to take 6 billion years for those things to rust out. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Huh? Hmm. Well, something to think about. So um, also, uh, you'd wanted me to do a little bit of uh, conversing about the whole data breach with yes. Equifax. Yes, yes, let's do that. So this so, is this is Equifax, one of the three uh, overlords. Of isn't credit that, reporting. Isn't that correct? Yes. No, I think they're just generally overlords. Uh, so right. the thing about Equifax that I find so intriguing um, <laughs> is that you didn't ask to be signed up. Uh, for this service. It's just something you're kind of automatically put in. They have access to pretty much all of your most personal secrets and data, and they have a whole bunch of analytics that they run on that data. So, and there is no opt-out. There is no um, way to not be a part of this system because if you're born and you have a social security number, <clears throat> you're basically automatically added in. So you've got that going for you. Um, and apparently they don't have any responsibility of any kind to keep that information secure, um, you know, because so now for those of you, I'll, I'll try to make this brief cause it's kind of boring and I get really frustrated by the whole thing. Um, but just to give you an idea, the data breach was on 147 million Americans, um, for the number of people that can have credit. So excluding, um, you know, young children, uh, people here, um, you know, on visas, things like that, who don't have, you know, uh, temporary or permanent status. That's 57% of the U.S. population. So if you're in a room with someone else, one of you has been hacked. Statistically, that's, you know, just basically. So um, the data that they grabbed, just to give you an idea, uh, the information that they grabbed are things like your name, your date of birth, your social security number your current and previous addresses, partial account numbers on all of your credit card information, basically anything that reports to credit. So that would be cars, uh, installment loans, and credit cards. So they would have received partial account numbers on all of those things. And I look at credit reports all day, every day for the last 16 years. The amount of data that's available on those things, um, to think that that information has been leaked out is a little bit scary because you can't cancel your social security number like you do a debit card. You know, if, if somebody takes your Bank of America PIN number, um, you just call it Bank of America, get a new one. Bank of America puts, you know, the $30 or $700 or whatever you sent the Saudi prince. Um, you know, they just put that money back in. You cannot replace your social, your date of birth. Um, you're not going to change your address. It's almost impossible to get new accounts, you know, the way the system is set up currently with, um, car companies and mortgage companies, they're not just going to issue new account numbers, right? So um, the data breach is really big and there needs to be really smart people working on the solutions to it. And I don't know that there currently are, which scares me a little bit more. So there's a list of things that you can do. Um, the first thing that you want to do, it's free to do. Um, and before you do any type of credit freezing or anything like that, if you haven't gone to it, and I'll put a link down in the description for this, if you go to the Social Security Administration website, you can create a Social Security account. All right. The reason you want to do that is the Social Security Administration, once you've created an account, there's a two-step authentication process that's needed. So if somebody tries to log into your account, um, they, they will send a text message to whatever cell phone number you put online. 
So that way nobody can go in and change your address, your your filing, your withholdings, your tax refunds, your you know all that stuff. And they can't get any personal data sent to a new address. So that's something you want to have control of because if you don't set up that account, somebody's going to set up that account. So, and it doesn't take that much to be able to do it. Somebody with hacked information could create that account for you. So you want to go do that. It costs absolutely nothing to do that. It takes about five minutes. It's going to ask you for things. If you want to do a second pin, um, do you want to freeze, you know, the account out? You don't necessarily have to go through those extra steps. I don't see any real benefit in those. Just taking control of that account and making it yours, I, you should make a priority. Um, am I losing everybody at this point? Uh, Joel, Izzy, did, I, did no, you pass no, no. out? Okay. I'm, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, we're listening intently. This is valuable information. So the other thing you want to do is you want to go online to annualcreditreport.com. Okay. There are other reports that will offer you free credit things you don't want those you want to go to annualcreditreport.com it's the one that was set up by the federal trade commission they will provide you one free credit report each year okay from all three bureaus it doesn't give you your credit scores but it gives you all your account information you want to go get that right now because you want to make sure that no one has created any new accounts in your name so no one's taken out any mortgages credit cards car payments or anything like that that's currently reporting okay you want to have that in your hand and you want to be able to compare that now once you have that, if there's anything on there that isn't kosher, right? There's a bunch of phone numbers that you can look up and you can just go to Google them. Um, it's Equifax alerts, uh, TransUnion fraud alerts, and Experian fraud alerts. I'll give you again, the numbers for everything will be down below. You want to notify them that you've got, you know, activity on there. Uh, you want to contact, if it's a new Visa account that's opened up, you want to call Visa up and say, hey, you've got an account in my name. I didn't authorize it and open it. I need it canceled. Um, and go through the steps for that. There's processes if you get stuck. Um, you know, they'll walk you through those. They're very individualistic and too numerous for me to itemize. But if you see something on there, you want to get in touch with the company that it's open through and you want to get in touch with the three credit bureaus to have them report it as not your account. And they'll offer steps as to freezing your credit and going through some other things. Okay. Um, you can do all that stuff right away. The next thing you want to do is sign up for a company for an account like Credit Karma, okay, or someplace where you can get a constant, um, always updated copy of your credit. So Credit Karma is not really good at giving you credit scores. As a matter of fact, it's pretty bad for that. The credit scoring system they use is not the same one the creditors use. So the credit scores they give you are not the same scores you'll get if you go to buy a car, or get a house, or you know credit card. But it'll show you your current activity. So you want to be able to compare that, you know, the stuff that you have on your credit, you want to be able to compare that to the original report you got. So the one you get for manual credit report, hold on to. These other companies, like if you have a Discover card or, you know, one of these places, like I think Wells Fargo will give you an account automatically um, where you can check your credit. Just they'll show you any new account activity. So if you see anything pop up, you want to notify someone right away. Now, the thing that sucks about all this is, if you were to, if you wanted to make some activity changes at your bank, the information you would give them would be what your name, your date of birth, your social security card, uh, your social security information. So anybody who's hacked your information, if they have that, they can make changes. Um, it's a good idea and a good practice to call up your current banking institution and ask them if they have any two-step authentication. Right? I have PIN numbers set up on my savings accounts and my checking accounts. Um, my credit union offers that and my bank offers that. 
So in order for you to get in and make any changes, you have to know the, the code that I put in place. And that could be a four-digit pin, a six-digit pin. It could be a code word. It could be, um, you know, mine's always carrots and ranch. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Okay, mine's not carrots and ranch, but you understand what I mean. So, um, so yeah, you can set all that stuff up. You want to contact these companies and find out, do you have any two-step fact, you know, two-step uh, systems for authentication so that people that have, if my information has been hacked, you know, they can't just make arbitrary changes to these things, Okay. The other problem that you're going to run into and you want to, this is where it really starts to suck is if people create new identifications in your name. So, you know, they go to the state and they get a driver's license and things like that. They have enough information to potentially pull that off, right? So if they get pulled over by cops for speeding or something, they can give your information. You could get tickets in places you've never been, right? They've got, so, you know, there's a whole host of things. So, it's a good idea to sign up for one of those places that does identity theft and identity monitoring that do, you know, they, they check to see, do you have any out of state public records? Are there any court dates pending, you know, places that you don't register as being, um, you know, those type of things. It's probably not, I mean, they're expensive, but it's probably not a bad idea to do that. Equifax will sign you up for one year for free because they're kind apparently um, you know, after that, they're going to charge you for the service, but you can go to their website and they'll sign you up for one year for monitoring, um, because of this whole snafu they put it, you know, that, that they did. So, but I'll put links to all of this stuff down below so that you guys can go through and find all of these things. And you want to take these steps if you haven't already, because this stuff is important. What's up, Joe? So if, uh, obviously there was a breach, obviously they know that, they had access to these things. Has there been any reports that this information is out there or been used yet? Do you know? Well, it's it's hard to say because, I mean, you know, it, it first of all, you don't know who has the information. You don't know how much of it they have access to, how much of it they're sharing. I mean, they could put this information on a website and make it all public. Um, and there's nothing to stop anybody from doing that. I mean, they can put it in the torrent files and make it downloadable and give it to anybody. I mean, it's, um, the, the thing is, is you wouldn't really know because the type of identity theft that you would initially see from this type of thing would just look like traditional identity theft, which, okay. you know, you don't need a full file like this to do. Um, where this stuff gets scary is in a couple of years after, you know, you think all of this has died off. Your date of birth, social, and, you know, may, your address may change, but, you know, your account information and things like that, most of that's probably still going to be the same. You know, because, again, you can't change your date of birth, you can't change your social. So, you know, a couple of years from now, you may think all of this went away and you could end up being a victim of this. So, I mean, if you're listed on Equifax's site as one of the people that's been potentially breached by this, you have to pay close attention because... It is entirely possible this is something that you may have to monitor for the rest of your life unless somebody at these agencies or somebody in our government comes up with some type of solution to, you know, it may be something as, you know, issuing new socials. It may be, you know, some type of PIN system that's got to be created that doesn't currently exist. You know, there's, there's going to have to be some type of change that comes out of this for this to not be a lifelong problem because the data that, I mean, the data they're reporting as being breached is, I mean, it's a big deal. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything you would need to steal somebody's life. So. Well, now I want to jump off a bridge. <laughs> now the scope of this thing is actually one of the things that they say is probably going to be, um, 
one of the saviors of it because there's so much data that even just calling through all of it to find useful data for somebody is going to take a while. So, you know, you, if you were affected by this, it's probably going to be a while before you noticed it. Um, but this is, and honestly, with or without this breach, um, these steps and these measures are, are steps and measures that you would want to take anyway. You should be proactively monitoring your credit and your identity. I mean, it's just, it's the age that we live in. They, you know, I remember reading a statistic I either heard or made up that, you know, back in 1995, you know, your name and social security number were traded, you know, between systems like 20 times if you never left your house. So wow. it's, you know, just the amount of data that's available. And I mean, we put in a, you know, we're, my daughter, we just bought a car and, you know, we put in an insurance quote. And <laughs> when I plugged in the information for an insurance quote online, they already knew all my coverage and policy data. Like, I mean, I didn't even know that stuff was available, but you know, that stuff is just out there. So, I mean, your information is available. It's, it's called together. I mean, these companies analyze this data to see, you know, what your buying patterns are, what you're likely to buy, you know, who you're likely to buy from. Um, you know, they, they look at your income ranges. I mean, they, they've got a lot of analytics on you and they sell that data. A company like Equifax will sell that data to people that want to buy it. So, you know, if they want to market to you, um, you know, particularly in mortgages, car sales, you know, things like that. I mean, they sell, uh, they'll sell your information. If you've had a credit inquiry recently for a car loan, there's car companies out there that'll buy those, what they call leads, basically. And they will then market to you either phone call or email going, hey, we know you're in the market for a car because you just had a car credit inquiry. Um, you know, hey, you know, here's some of the deals that we've got going on. They sell those, that, that information. So, yeah, that, that's that, kind of that scary, data is, isn't it? I mean, that's just really, really scary. Well, and the scary part, again, is that, you know, this isn't a system that you opt into. You know, I mean, this is, yeah. they, they basically, these entities are, I mean, they're, they're not, as far as, they're not government entities. These are private corporations, you know, I mean, that they've just sort of created these systems and models and, and you don't have a right to not be a part of it, you know, and they apparently, like I said, they don't have any, they don't have any um, repercussions yet. I mean, who knows what will happen, but there's not, there doesn't seem to be any reason that they have to keep your data safe other than it's going to affect their bottom line, you know? So, well, I think sadly what will end up being as the pattern usually is, they'll get the three head honchos from the three credit bureaus up to the, the Capitol. They'll yell at them for half an hour in a hearing and probably nothing will change. Well, so. maybe, but there's a uh, there was a couple of senators that were online saying that this this is basically this has the scope to be bigger than the whole Enron debacle was. So that's uh, you know, and again, that doesn't make anybody feel better, but you know, that's a very real possibility. So it's yeah. something you have to pay attention to. And like I said, I mean, this is this is good. This is a good practice for people to do, even if this data breach had never happened. Now, this I know, is going to be something that's going to be necessary moving forward. Yeah, and I know there's probably a couple of guys out there listening like, ah, this isn't going to affect me. Uh, go anyway. Go take care of this stuff. This is mm -hmm. serious, and it can get you in trouble. Get well, it and again, trouble. most of this stuff is free. And, I mean, if you do every single thing I prescribe you should do, it's 15 minutes of your day. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't take that much time. You know, I mean, it, you get on a computer. Everybody I know sits in front of one at some point. Um you know, start pecking away and get your information in there and just get this data. I mean, other people are going to have this data. You want it too. 
That makes sense. I mean, I, I actually have a Credit Karma account and it's, well, it's only useful in the sense that I get, but I get to see, you know, different inquiries because occasionally, you know, bank will just kind of re-up their credit check on me and I didn't authorize it that day, but apparently I signed something whenever. No, and... it's in the terms of service. You authorized it. Oh, of course I did. So all of a sudden I'll see that my credit took a little bit of a hit or something. I'll be like, I didn't do anything. And then I'll look down at inquiries and all of a sudden, you know, two banks decided they wanted to check out, you know, their accounts because today is the, you know, the Tuesday they do that on. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's nice to have that, you know, kind of, you know, your own little credit monitoring just to keep, keep the health ometers running and watched yeah and and i mean you know this again you know i don't i don't do this to try and scare the hell out of people but um anybody that listens you know that that can listen to this if i can affect one person that keeps themselves because again just having a credit card open in your name that's actually not that big a deal you just call up and go hey discover i didn't set that up this was fraud they just they canceled the account and and you know they have their own methods for for tracking that down but they don't you don't have to eat the cost of whatever was charged you know so any delinquencies or anything that you know if somebody opens up a credit card and they buy seven iPhones and then never pay a bill that comes off your credit once it's found you know um if somebody uh kills three people in some place in Iowa that you've never been but just happens to remember your date of birth and social and full name they can just tell the police that that's who you are, um, you know, and now and they escape from jail and now there's somebody with a warrant, you know, out for you. I mean, that sounds pretty ridiculous, but that stuff actually happens all the time. Like it's, you know, and that happens before people had access to all this information. So having this information out there and again, I mean, I think people right now are, are being very particular. You know, the, the folks that took this data, they're not advertising they have it because, they don't want the whole world coming down on them, but at some point this stuff's going to start leaking, you know, and when it does, you know, you, you will have wanted to take these steps because it's not just going to be something as simple as, you know, I had a, I had a, uh, you know, a visa opened or, you know, somebody tried to take money out of my checking account or whatever. I mean, it could be, you know, somebody emptied my 401k and transferred the money to, you know, blah, 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 because again, those things are real, you know, and, 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 like I said, if you have accounts with financial institutions, you should contact them and say, do you have any type of two-step systems for, for logging in? Because, um, you know, I mean, if you've got a 401k, if if I want to call and rebalance your 401k or take out a loan against it, the only information I need to know is your name, date of birth, social. They might ask me your mother's maiden name, but I mean, that that's really not that hard to get these days. You know, what I mean, I could just log into most people's Facebook information to find that. So, um you just got to be real careful with this stuff. And, you know, you, you don't want to lose a lifetime's worth of savings because you just weren't paying attention. So actually, you know, I was just thinking that's probably actually in the data breach too. If it's on your account, that would be the thing that they would be looking for, for, you know, mother's, yeah, well, maiden the, name. The mother's maiden name and like answers to typical security questions aren't, that's not data that's held by this stuff, you know, but, um, I mean, if you were at your, I mean, all of your names that you've ever had credit pulled under are on credit. Yeah, so if you're a woman really... and if you're a woman, your maiden name is reporting on there. So, I mean, if you're, you know, my wife's maiden name is on our credit report when I, you know, if I run our credit, my wife's current legal name and her previous legal name are on there. So, 
and that information's out there now. So yeah, with all the genealogy websites too, it's not hard to find someone's maiden name. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's well, but again, most people just share that stuff. I mean, look at the number of people on Facebook. They'll just you know they'll tag their mother in a post on you know. I mean, how long how long does that take to find? You know what I mean? So it's just um, yeah, people are sharing that information, not knowing you know how how harmful it could be. So well, thank you, Mike, for depressing the hell out of us. Yes, do you was, want to go back to the, talking about people being killed with uh, <laughs> shop equipment? No, yeah, that seems a lot more entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and now here's the thing. You know, not to be all depressing and scary, but just remember, this happened to half of us. So, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, this is something that is going to be, um, it's going to be in the public for a long time. Um, and again, there's going to have to be some pretty smart people working on solutions to this. It may even re rearrange or change up the way that uh, the credit monitoring and, and the credit systems are in this in this country. And, and that wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, our credit systems are pretty antiquated at this point, and the agencies that, you know, provide those services. Again, I mean, these are not, they're not optional services. These are things that you subscribe to just, you know, by being born. So it's, um, you know, as soon as you apply for credit somewhere, uh, you know, the, these, these things become part of your life, whether you've opted in or not, and they collect as much data as they feel like without any input from you at all. So maybe there'll be some type of, you know, change to that in the future, because people are going to start looking and going, you know, why, why does, an Equifax, a TransUnion, an Experian, you know, why do these companies have access to this data and why am I not allowed to opt in or out of what I share? You know, so it's, um, that they should, you know, and hopefully there'll be some, there'll be some reform around that. I mean, I think it's, you know, this, this breach kind of shows that, it, you know, we need it and hopefully they'll start being some, I mean, I'm in the mortgage business. If we have a data breach, we have to notify everybody involved within a you know specified time frame because of all the rules around that stuff. Oddly enough, these don't apply to other companies. I mean, Yahoo had what like a hundred million email accounts that were infiltrated, and they didn't notify anybody for like six months. You know, I mean, it's just this this data security stuff has got to start getting prioritized, and and the the only way you're going to make it. Um, to where companies really care is if it if, if it affects their bottom line. A company like Equifax for this type of breach should be put out of business forever. I mean, they should be sued into the end of time and have to pay every fine that is possibly imaginable because they they should be more responsible with this data. I mean, it's and and you know the reason that this got out is they had to do an update to their Apache server that they just didn't do. So, you know, I mean, this could have been a very easy fix and now half the country has been compromised, you know, so it's now as a, as a tech guy, I have to wonder, um, and, and sorry if this gets a little deep, but who, who in their right mind would be running their Apache as a web server? It's, it's the thing that like, I don't know, maybe 90% of the web pages that you go to is run on a, on an Apache style server, uh, in one form or another. Why in the world would your main computer systems, your, the, your data center banks, be connected to the front end of the web pages in such a way that somebody can weasel root access in? I, I mean, it just, it actually blows my mind because it's not just Apache, because Apache, there's always flaws in trying to get, because the idea is you want the whole world to see your server, right? You want people to come visit your website. Inherently, you're inviting people to make easy access, 
right? So there is going to be some very, uh, very particular uh, things that you have to do to make sure that people have the right access and not the wrong access. And because there's a billion different things, it means that there's always a billion different patches. Like Apache's been patched in my lifetime well, this is, probably 30,000 times. This is actually right? much worse than that because this was they – were, they were notified like, so, like March 6th, you know, some arbitrary date. Um, right. They were notified that this, this exploit was out there and they didn't update their servers. And that's where, um, you know, that's where this data breach came. Now, the thing that I found scary, I, there, I didn't see a, a solid statistic on this, but um, most financial institutions use this same software. Um, and without the, you know, without having any, you know, real recourse for not maintaining that up to date. I mean, if you're notified that there's an update to the server, you should have to take that. You should have to do that immediately, but no longer than 24 hours later. Um, and there is nothing in place that says that. And the only way that's ever going to change is if you sue these people to the end of time. I mean, in our industry, we get, I mean, infractions for us cost as much as $25,000 per incident. And, you know, that's, you know, you have $25,000 times 147 you know, million people. Um, you know, means we just don't exist anymore. You know, I mean, that's in that again. I mean, that type of um, you know oversight, I don't think currently exists. I, I'm I'm happy to be wrong on that, but uh, but yeah, that's you know that they have something has to be done where they put something in play. I mean, and that's way outside of you know my intelligence level. I I cannot think of, nor should I be an a involved or asked to fix this problem. But um, but it, it's a problem. <laughs> so, and it's, it's definitely one that needs to be addressed and I don't hear anybody out there working towards addressing it. So, well, there's going to be something because, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's smoke and mirrors or it's actually, you know, actionable fixes will, I guess time will tell. So, yeah. Well, and tonight I we were going to do a little, uh, the, the idea tonight was to do something about life lessons. So, um, this is one of them. Check your credit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Boy. So, um, so, so yeah, this well, is, I've, this I've, is I've, my life lesson. I, I've got actually a question about that because I have a theory and I think I, I, my theory, um, and, and I think it's, I think it relates to a life lesson. Um, and it has to do with tools. Um, it, more of a physical life lesson. So a lot of people won't buy Harbor Freight uh, because they're horrible, junky things. Um, and some people only buy, like, say, Snap-on or something because they are they want one tool, they want it the rest of their life, and that's it. So they're going to pay, you know, where Harbor Freight was... $40, they're going to pay 400 and maybe the Craftsman variant of it is 200 right? Mm -hmm. So the, qu the question then is, uh, do you guys have a thought on, uh, as you're buying equipment or things, do you, do you have a, a level to, to where you're, where you would like to be? where you can actually afford to be. And if you just have to get it done, fine, you're good. I can get the lowest thing. Izzy, do you have a, yeah, Izzy, I talked for like an hour already. So if you want to answer this, I'm sure people are tired of my voice. Uh. <laughs> so, 
you know, I buy I buy chip brushes and um, a few things from Harbor Freight from time to time when they're when they're close by or available. Uh, but I will not. I just don't buy tools from there. Um, I and it's not because they don't because there are some things that you know that you can get from there that are worthy of of owning at least at the price that you can get them. Uh, but the, my experience has been usually like say the uh, the gravity feed sprayers or something like that. You you'll end up buying three of them to find one that actually works right. And then there's that time there's a time concern of having to go back and forth to return it and get a new one and that sort of thing. Uh, for me, I you know I want to pick up a tool. I want to spend the time to purchase it and have it work. I don't want for I don't so much care about the cost of tools as I do about the time that it takes to acquire them, or the time that it takes to fix them, or the time that it takes to replace them. Uh, there are exceptions to that rule, like a Festool. Um, I, I don't own a Festool because they're just ridiculously overly priced. And I've never found any, I've never found a need to spend, you know, six times on what a drill would cost for that drill because there are other drills that work just as good as their drills did. Uh, so I don't, I won't go that, I won't go that route. Now I'm probably going to get hung for that on some of the Festool stuff. And there's a lot of guys that like Festool, but, you know, and that's their thing. I, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying for me, my, me personally, Oh, I'll judge. I'm not going to get a festival. You know, I, there's just no point in it. Um, you know, I think maybe, maybe, uh, I think there's a couple of festivals that you can't get anywhere else. Like the, um, the, what is it? The, what do they call that? Oh, the Domino. Yeah. The Domino, you know, costs as much as a used car, that thing. Um, you know, uh, but there's about a zillion ways to make, you know, elongated tenons and quite frankly, dowels, uh, are just as strong as elongated tendons are and there's more surface area if you put two in instead of one so it doesn't make sense to own if one not really uh, you know you can use a dowling jig which is i don't know 20 bucks and get a better get a stronger joint or a stronger hold than you can with a with a, a domino so um uh, yeah see for me i i have a um i'll buy tools from harbor freight right, uh, right. let me go ahead and Start off by saying that, but the um, the tools that I'll buy from there versus a tool, and you know, I'll call it not to be too disparaging of the company, but but a a real tool, right? If uh-huh. if that's a word. No, um, I mean they're all real tools. Yeah, like I needed a i I've got I've got a nice uh, Dewalt router, right? That um, that I purchased, you know, thousand years ago. Sure. Uh, and but I also needed a trim router that was just a little piece of garbage that I didn't care about. And Harbor Freight had a coupon for like twenty five dollars, right? Sure. So I could buy a Dewalt trim router for a hundred bucks, or I could buy two of these and throw one in the garbage and still have it. You know, so it's so for that type of thing, I'm okay with buying a crappier made tool that I don't expect longevity from, sure. um, just because. I don't need that thing that often, right? So where my table saw and my um, band saw, those are tools I invested a little bit more money in because I use them frequently. Right. Um, you know, it's, um, they, they just, and they, you know, not, not even that they need to be more precise because nothing I do is precise. It's just, I would prefer them to be better built, you know, longer lasting. I don't want to learn to repair tools for that trim router. When it goes bad, I just throw it in the garbage and I just don't need it anymore. Well, don't you do know, that. I have to, I need it. <laughs> no, I just throw it away. It's just not, you know, I mean, it's, it makes me feel good to be able to throw it in the garbage. Cause that's, right. I mean, I bought it with the intent that one day I'd be able to throw it away. It's almost part of the, well, you know, that comes down to, that comes down to a lot of different, I mean, we're talking about something that is, you know, kind of got that, uh, that stigma across the board, you know, 
Um, it really depends on your situation too. I mean, it really, when, when it comes down to it, when the bottom line is, you know, not, we all, we all come from different walks of life. We all have different incomes. We all have different priorities and there's nothing wrong with anybody's, you know, priorities or their, their position in life or whatever. That's, um, you know, so, you know, you, you purchase things based on your situation and tools are things, um, you know, and, and your priorities, you know, if you want to own the very best of everything, you're going to go buy Festool. If you want to, you know, if you're like most people and working on a budget um, and you're not a professional and you're just, you know, this is your, this is your, you know, your meditation time, your church as Mike calls it, um, then a trim router from, you know, from Harbor Freight is fine. Um, you know, and for me personally, I, I do things a little differently because I'm, I'm from the industry. I'm from a, a side of the world where time is the most valuable and important thing that we have, period. Um, so for me, I'm going to go buy a, a pro tool one time and, it, and that's it, you know. Um, and then when, you know, if it lasts for five years, great. If it lasts for three months, that's not good. You know, because now I'm spending the time to go replace that tool. Um, but, you know, so it's really, you know, I, I don't judge anybody for anything that they buy um, unless they're, you know, out buying fest tools and, and they can't feed their kids. You know, I, I just think um, that's one of those silly things that we discuss across the board. Uh, well, so-and-so's got X amount of tools. Well, if that's his priority, great for him. Good for him. You know, um, tools aren't necessarily my my main focus when it comes to, to this stuff, they're a necessity. So that's, I get what I, I get things because I know they're good and they'll last and they've proven themselves to me. And I've been in the industry long enough to know that some brands like, for instance, Bosch makes a really good jigsaw. I will never own anything but a Bosch jigsaw unless they start making crappy ones down the road. Um, you know, which is, which happens from time to time, you know, the, you'll see tool companies. It's really kind of funny how tool companies usually take, there's like a five year, you know, they have five years of really good, strong tools and there's like a five-year lull. And I think, unfortunately, Bosch is going through a lull right now, but they still put out really good, you know, there's some products that are really good from them that I'll always purchase because they've proven themselves to me. And typically when a tool company has a really proven tool, they don't change it. Or maybe they put a different housing on it or something, but the guts are still the same. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I was actually, it's funny. Like I was thinking of like the Makita angle grinders. Right. Like those have been around since like the seventies mm -hmm. and I don't think they've changed much at all. Well, I why, think they're all, yeah. I mean, when you got something that's going good for you, why change it? So, right. Um, so anyway, you know, uh, to make, make a long story longer, um, you know, uh, you have to prioritize what's important to you. And, and if, if saving some money is the thing, uh, and you're going to get the use out of this tool that you want to get out of it, then then by all means, Harbor Freight. But for me personally, um, I, I don't have the time to drive all the way to Harbor Freight and pick up a trim router or an HPLV sprayer or a lathe or whatever and bring it home, put it all together and start using it and have it screw up on me. And then I have to stop and take the time because that time costs me money. Everything I do is based on time. And... Um, you know, it's like right down to the way I spend time with people. Uh, you know, I, I value the, a, a person that chooses to spend time with me. That is a, the sincerest form of flattery you can give me because you're giving me your time. And to me, more valuable than money, more valuable than anything else we have is time. And you're giving that to me. So that that means a lot. And if I'm spending time with you, you better believe I, I, uh, I keep uh, your I hold you in high regard.
because um, you know I won't I won't waste time on, on things that aren't good. So, you know, now people are going to think that we talked about this beforehand and we didn't. Why? <laughs> but, but one of my life lessons <laughs> that was actually about time. Um, this is actually a conversation I've, um, I I want to have with my daughter. I've been kind of preparing it in my head because um, I want to make sure that when I say it, it comes out right. But um, I'm happy to share a little bit of it here <laughs> since we're since we're kind of doing that now. Um, the I, I I saw something that the other day I, I just kind of caught me off guard. It was it's a time for dreams. And my daughter has gotten to the point, she's, you know, 16 now, she's, she's growing up, becoming a woman, she's, you know, uh, she's got friends, she's got boyfriends, she's got, you know, cars, she's got, you know, just, she's doing all the stuff, right? And she's got a part-time job, she's a student full-time, um, and she's getting to the point where I've noticed that, you know, she gets up in the morning, she goes to school. She comes home, changes, leaves, goes to work, comes home, goes to, you know, does um, her homework, goes to bed, wakes up, does it all again. And it's like the the thought there's no time to dream. Um, you know, it wasn't even that she doesn't she she literally doesn't have time to lay down on the bed and have a good dream before she's got to get up and start it all over again. And, and it's and one of the things that, um, you know, I really want to make sure that she doesn't get to the point where she's just chasing the thing. You know what I mean? The new car, the, you know, the, the, uh, the shirt that doesn't matter, the, you know, the, the rat trap we all get in, right? Just, you know, you, you wake up and you got to have bigger, better, faster, more expensive. And, and one of the things that I have learned as I've gotten older is all of the things you surround yourself become a trap. And, you know, I've said that on this, on this show before, but they, they kind of lock you into a certain way of doing things. And then you have to maintain those patterns because you've got these things that keep you in those patterns. And I notice it as sometimes in myself, but I notice it in myself a lot more now that I see my little baby girl getting into that, that pattern. And I want to grab her and go, Hey, you know, don't do that. You know, th this is go to school and get good grades because you need that. That's going to be a tool that's going to benefit you. Um, you know, having the latest, I don't know, whatever t-shirt that the kids are into these days, that's not worth trading, you know, that one, that, that, that one extra hour you could have spent with a friend talking about nonsense or, um, you know, the walk you could have went on with, a, you know, one of your buddies. I mean, it's just, you, you just don't, they're, she's just not saving, you know, it's not even just having dreams or, or saving time to dream. She just doesn't have time for anything other than what she's currently doing. And now that I see that in her, it becomes painfully obvious that, you know, there's an element of that in me, um, you know, and how much have I given away to, you know, I, I mean, I'm 43 this year, you know, and, and it's like, I mean, my, I live a fantastic life. I've got a beautiful family. I've got, um, you know, all the goofy toys I want. I do, uh, I have a free time to do podcasts with you goofballs, you know, I mean, just, there's, there's free time for me. I'm not beat up. I'm not, you know, under the type of stress of people that, you know, getting ready to lose their homes and things like that. I just, uh, you know, things are, for, are, are good for me. So this isn't a woe is me type of thing, but it's just, you know, to be able to have those, um, just those moments to be able to step back and, and really kind of curate what do I want out of this life? Because 
the calendar is getting a lot thinner on the other end. You know what I mean? It's those, the number of days I'll be able to pull away and, you know, um, moving forward. I mean, it's just, I can, I can feel the time getting, you know, uh, getting more precious. And, you know, I have my father who's, you know, he's going to be 60, let's see, he just turned 67. You know, he's starting to look at time in terms of, I need to do this thing I want to do now. Like tomorrow might really not be tomorrow, you know? So it's like, so, and I'm just, I'm, I'm caught in between two very different generations. Um, you know, and, and, and kind of been experiencing it through myself is, you know, I've, I've got this kid who also, you know, she just wants to work and, and, you know, there's an element that she wants us to be proud of her, you know, and we are very proud of her, but, um, you know, the size of my 16 year old's W2 is never going to be the thing that impresses me. You know, the number of friends that she has, the number of relationships she'll carry forward, um, the people that she'll know 20 years from now, you know, just the, 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 the memories that she'll have at this, you know, during this time of her life, those are the things that, that, that really should be precious and really should be the things that she's striving for. Mm -hmm. And then I get to the point where I can't tell her that while I'm not doing that, you know, and then seeing my father who's on the other side of things where he's killed himself his whole life. And now he's just taking as much time as he can to, uh, to enjoy himself. It's, you know, seeing those three sort of lives sort of, you know, co-mingled in, in, taking a minute to kind of recognize, Hey, this is what's going on. It's been, it's been a really kind of powerful and overwhelming experience for me because, you know, I, I, how can you, how can you teach if you don't learn, you know, right. <laughs> exactly. basically one of those things. Well, so. you know, I've had a point in my life where, you know, I no longer trade my time for money. I trade my money for time, you know, and that's really, that's one of those things where you have to, you have to learn to value, um, things differently. I think, I mean, at least in the last 10 years, you know, I, I've really started to transition between, between that, you know, it's taken, it's, it took a long time to learn how to, to not work for my money, but to make my money work for me. And it's taken a long time to realize how valuable, what time is left, it, it, you know, how valuable that really is. But as you get older, like kind of what you're going through, you, Mike, um, I think we all start to realize that, you know, the experiences and, and the, the things we get to do, not necessarily the things we get to have, but the things we get to do are the things that matter most. And ironically, uh, my, my daughter just turned 15 today. And as my kids get older, we don't buy them things for their birthday. We buy them experiences. Uh, we just got her a um, an indoor skydiving pass so she can go do that because she's talking about wanting to do skydiving. So oh, um, that's awesome. if, she does, if she does well with that, we'll, we're going to go chuck her out of an airplane. So, you know. Um, you know, so, you, you know, it, it's one of those, for me, it's less about the things that I have, but the experiences and time that, are, that I get to spend with people I care about. And you, you two are kind of awesome because you both have given me rich imagination over this conversation. Uh, because Mike's like, you know, we're not worried about her W2, but, you know, we're worried about how many friends and, and, and how she's done these accomplishments. And so I, I'm having pictures of Mike like in 10 15 years having everybody over for Thanksgiving and he's like okay baby let's get the stats down uh pull out your phone let's uh let's go down the checklist <laughs> and uh okay this one's new uh th- this person's new i see you've had a couple of long conversations with a couple of men that's nice and, uh, you know, kind of going down the list of things. And then of course, Izzy, I, I literally just picture you in a sleeveless t-shirt 
in a uh you know like a like an arrow like a piper arrow like just chucking a child with a uh, uh scared look out the on her face out the window which which sounds fantastic i mean it's just i i like that there's a I like. Well, you're, I you're like nothing if you're not the cynic of the group. Well, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at all. In fact, I was thinking as you were talking, the things we do. I mean, I was having a conversation with Margo over dinner tonight, which is why I was late, and we were talking about a couple of things, and it was about an experience. I, I couldn't. We couldn't talk about. I mean, we have a really nice uh, washing machine. It's it's nice. It's it's not like Mercedes nice, but it's nice. But I don't think I don't think we ever had a conversation about our washing machine after we bought it. I mean, it was it was nice. It was it was okay. It does its job, and it's a thing. Um, but but I was talking about a time that we were at the beach and we were doing these things, and I may have gotten out in the water a little too deep, and things went sideways. And, uh, but those are all experiences, you know, there's who, whoever brings up the washing machine or, right. or their power book or their, uh, you know, or their scooter that, you know, the things I remember, I was excited. My dad bought me this bike and that was really cool. That was a physical thing, but my dad bought it. It was an emotional thing. And that bike took me everywhere. And I got to do these amazing adventures when I was like 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And I must put on 30,000 miles uh, just biking. Um, and it, but that was, that was the thing. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's, it. it's a, you never talk about the crap you buy. I mean, it's, it's not never the it stuff that you. somewhere awesome. Yeah. Not unless, right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like there's, I mean, I know there are people that are envious when they see somebody come up with a better camera, with a better cell phone, when they pull up in a better car and those things. But but the truth of the matter is, and it's nice to have the money to do that. Um, and kind of like I was asking about the tools, because I have a theory, or at least a life theory, or a work theory, which is I buy tools I don't need at that moment because it takes down one bridge for me to make use of that thing. I bought a laser cutter, laser engraver, a really big ass one and I still haven't fully developed products for it to use it in our shop every day. Um, but it's getting there. I just ordered a hundred or 200 of wood blanks, um, for this Christmas season, because I think I can make something amazing between those two things. Um, but I don't have either one of those or the idea currently. So my kind of my theory is that, or at least, least to mesh those two together is that it's the experience it's the thing it's it's knocking down all money is is a way to get around uh the the impossibility of it so maybe you want to take a drive but maybe your car's broken well maybe a newer car wouldn't be broken so that newer car gives you that possibility to do that drive Whatever it is, that tool gives you the possibility of creating something interesting. I bet you if I had a plasma table, I'd be making awesome stuff out of metal. Um, you know, or whatever that is. Izzy has a CNC now, so now he's working a CNC into his projects. It makes it easier to do those things and replicate them 
and you know Mike has this bandsaw that's going to chew his face off. Mm. So, <laughs> so it, so it makes it easier for it to chew his face off. Right. You know, those are all things. You know, it's the experience or the the ability to do something or doing that something that are just that's kind of I think that's one of the little magical things of life, and I don't know if it has a word that that accompanies that. There should, but be. I, I think there should be like a word to describe that 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 ability to and the justification for and the accomplishment of. Right. Oh, don't worry. Reebok so. will come out with a marketing slogan for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go say, ahead and just uh, go, go ahead, ahead, Izzy. No, I was just you know I was just going to say. You know, uh, in my younger, it was it was very easy to get caught up in the in the trap of of things. You know, uh, an, an extra bedroom or or a, or a nicer car. Well, not, cars were never my sticks, but um, you know, um, a bigger TV or this out or the other thing. And you got to be careful because we we're we're very good at laying our own traps. You know, and you can get to the point where it's almost. It feels like it's all it's overwhelming. So I was just going to say, be careful about what really matters. You know, think about that before you jump into something that, you know, can hurt. Or can I bet you the, the the thing I was going to say is that um, along the same lines and on topic, which we never stay on for much for very long. But um, one of the cool things about having done this, you know, we're under just about under twenty episodes into this podcast, but just in the couple of years that I've known the two of you guys and um, you know, mostly through social media and, and to some extent, you know, a little bit deeper now that we're kind of uh, spending all this time together. But the the two of you, the, the thing that I, I, I find myself drawn to is that you you both possess the same type of quality in that there is there is a life that you want to live. And, and you know, you have a pretty well-defined view of what that is. You want to enjoy the things you're around, you know, and that's, that's something that, um, you know, a lot of people will trade all kinds of versions of, of that happiness for, for all types of things. And that's, that's kind of one thing that, you know, the two of you guys don't really, um, I don't see in you now, again, you know, I mean, it's, we're not best friends or family by any stretch and, and I won't pretend to know you better than I do, but the, um, you know, but the amount of time that we've spent together, I mean, that's one of the things that I find, interesting and, and one of the reasons that um i really enjoy the time that we spend is you guys just you you have a life that you enjoy living and you live it you know and, and you do all kinds of nonsensical things i mean joel turns plywood into spartans you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like um you know izzy's opening up schools in the middle of nowhere you know what i mean it's just the just this this stuff that you guys are into and the things you want to do are just it's outside of the box type living you know, and it's just, there's not much normal about either one of you. You know, I mean, it just, I mean, there, there's normal pasts, you know, I mean, it's there, but you both have kind of shed that. And, you know, to, to some extent, I mean, I look at that, you know, again, I really enjoy what I do and I have a lot of flexibility in the job that I, that I do that I get to be somewhat of a self-employed person, even though I work for somebody, um, but I don't have the the autonomy and sort of the the free will that you guys do, and you know to some extent I envy that. Um, uh, you know. That's that's horseshit. I've seen what you create in your shop, and I've seen I'm not, where. <laughs> when, I'm not talking when, about my shop. I'm talking about my full time job. No, 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 no. That doesn't. No, no, no. My full time job was my hobby. Mm-hmm. 
It, it was. It still is. I happen to make money now. I have a different set of priorities, but it's still my hobby. I still go to work to relax some days. But <laughs> but I, I've seen what... I mean, you came up with the, the awesome little uh, ninja phone holder, which is like second cousin to the Spartan knife block. Yeah, it is. It right? Is cool, too. So, so, cool. so in, in I'm, how I'm many... I'm trying to figure out why you haven't started mass producing those things. Actually, interesting enough, I'm <laughs> looking at a thing to do a stuff to do something else that's interesting uh, to combine with it. So, um... <laughs> So, so, uh, but, but you, you, you do that. Um, and, and what, what would you, what did you make like a million little reindeer or something? What a snowman? What was it that you uh, made reindeer. like two Christmases ago? Reindeer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you made like 80 reindeer, like, like enough for like 20 Santas. I right? gave them all like, away. I had to make a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so it's like, so you look at these and you're really good actually with, uh, with, it's very hard. Some people, uh, in, especially in woodworking and other crafts, it's very easy to get trapped. I'm not even lying. This isn't a pun literally in the box. Like people make like a thing and they, this is awesome. And that stuff, it's very hard to make organic shapes or inanimate objects look alive. Um, it's it's one of those the the things we see all the time in those little viral videos of guys carving a s snake on a cane or something like it's we look at those things in awe because it's it's a it's a inanimate object that represents an an a very animated object and the eye the way the mind works that that's a very we perceive that as talent like if you look back at at um, Indians and pre pre pre-recorded history even in 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 uh egypt and and peru that the their most revered pieces of art were those of of humans or of wild mythological creatures or of you know those are the things they didn't they didn't have nobody saw i mean like flowers everybody had flowers but it wasn't a real big design choice no they wanted sphinxes and they wanted jackals and they wanted all these different things like that's that's a talent, and you actually have it, and you should foster that a little bit more. Um, but anyway, I digress. I was going <laughs> to say, along with with uh, having uh, having physical things, I bet you, I bet you a thousand dollars that there's a guy or girl in the throes of the hurricane uh, that came through Florida. I bet you their house got wiped out, maybe in the Keys, maybe in one of the islands. Um, and they said, you know what? I just spent $60,000 furnishing this house and I'm going to, I'm not going to rebuild. I'm going to, I'm going to get myself a minibus and I'm going to build it out and I'm going to travel for the next 10 years. I bet you somebody went and said, oh, all this crap can just disappear in a second you know, house fire, things like that. And I'm sure they've, I'm sure people have done this where there's some sort of catastrophe and in that, like that, like set the line for them where they said, Oh, well, yeah, this allowed me to do this, this, and this, but you know what? I wasn't allowed to go away from it because I was afraid of losing it. And now they lost it. And then they can 
fill their life with these amazing adventures. And that might be their thing now. I, I, I would bet a thousand dollars. There's at least one guy who said, you know what? Screw it. I don't need the 60 inch big screen anymore. I am taking this Mercedes panel van and I'm going to load it up with an air mattress and I'm going to hit the road and visit every state park. Yeah, I mean, it, I'd hope, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the, uh, you, you hope all of that's true. Yeah, so. I, I, I can't imagine it doesn't because because there are, you know, there's sometimes when you go through these big losses, I've been through big financial losses where I, I didn't have a pot to piss in and I, I'm, I'm not in one of those right now, um, but it, it's always it doing what Izzy and I do where we take, you know, these kind of, we don't get a paycheck. Like nobody signs our paychecks. We, 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 we work for that money as hard as anybody else does that gets a paycheck, but ours is, you know, maybe hit or miss one month, maybe a month is good. Maybe a month isn't maybe six in a row. I went through a recession where my business employed three or four people in it. We, we were out of a job. It's like somebody up and fired us. And at that point, I literally sat down with my wife and I said, "I don't know. I th I think I'm gonna go get a. I think I'm gonna go get a table saw. I like. I think I'm just gonna try doing this thing for a little bit and and uh, bang some nails and buy some wood glue. Yeah. And that. I. What else was I doing? So there, you know, catastrophe and those things sometimes can put you in a a really good. Um. A really is a fantastic way to remind you. It's not the the best way for you, like mentally, because you're going to go through a gamut of emotions. But but it's it's a great way to force a little zen up that ass. Yeah, it's a, I had some, something like that kind of epiphany happen to me, you know, right at the beginning of the year. You know, um, uh, I had a, a dear friend of mine. Um, you know, we're kind of talking about situations in my life and stuff. And, you know, they came to me and said, what do you really want to do? I said, well, I want to, you know, I want to show, teach people. I want to inspire people to build stuff. So that began this eight month trek that we're kind of about ready to see the, the head of. So, yeah, fun stuff. It's, it, I know, think that's awesome, Izzy. It's, I, I don't, I don't know how I, I would love, I would be so scared out of my mind trying to both support my family and that because I, I would I love teaching people. I hire people at my shop that have no experience because and we talked about it last time, because when you when you crack that shell and they see the magic that can happen. Yeah, uh, I don't th man, you, you that's it's 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 a fantastic uh, isn't it just a fantastic high. It's it's hard to it's hard to uh, it's hard to describe how wonderful it is to see that happen to be actually witness to witness that moment of you know, your clarity or whatever you want to call it it's um it's it's almost like a drug but um, yeah no 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 I I agree and I, it's it's a uh, when you're dealing with you know when when people get when they when the when someone comes to you and says teach me and you're teaching them and they're hearing you but that moment they start actually listening because they figured out that you're giving them the equation on whatever it is. It could be on something very simple or it could be a grand scheme of it. 
and they get that and they go, oh my God. And then finally they have the tool in their brain to say, oh, you know, an easy example that is uh, compound miters. No. When you're teaching somebody like, like, like how to do crown molding right. in a room and you're like, okay, so we have to cut it on two different angles and those angles play off of each other based on the length of the piece, based on the width of the piece. These things all matter because we're now, you know, in like, they're like, oh my God, this is like, who can possibly do this? I'm like, well, I've seen the guys on construction sites. This is not rocket surgery. <laughs> you know, these are not the guys you want to have, you know, you know, cracking open your chest, but you know what? They got it and you're going to get it too, because it's a thing. And there's a couple of steps you have to learn. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, I could crown mold my whole house. Yep. You know? So anyway, so it's, it's one of those easy ones to figure out. Yeah. Well, and one thing that you said there when you were talking about, uh, you know, I told I told my wife I was going to get a, a table saw. Um, I, I also would like to reiterate, I'm stealing this from Kevin Smith, the guy who did Clerks. Um, he talks about, um, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people. Having a group of people in your life that, you know, he calls them, you, surround yourself with people who, you know, instead of saying why, say why not. You know, hey, I want to buy a table saw. Why not? You know, instead of the, don't be don't don't have why people in your life. Have people that say why not. And and having a support system of people that believe in you and and see your potential. Um, and don't you know don't give you unmitigated access to it. You know, they, they go, hey, I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be an astronaut. Well, honey, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, you know, but um, hey, I want to buy a table saw. You know, I'm gonna try this cool thing or. Um, you know, I want to open up schools in the middle of, you know, Traverse City, Michigan, or some nonsensical thing. <laughs> right. You know, it, just having people in your life that that say, "Hey, you know, Priuses are cool," and you, know, <laughs> you should have one. You know, just I, I know that's true. And and I uh, and he's he's dying to get a plug in for the Hemi he's got now, and I'm not going to let him. But the um, but yeah, I would just <laughs> having having people in your life that you know, surrounding yourself with why not people that you know when. When they see you trying, they're they're there to encourage you to do more, do better, um, you know. But also rein you in when you you know you get a little bit too big on yourself. You know that's having that right mix of folks in your life is important. If you are around people that are unaccomplished, that are always pessimistic, that are never getting anywhere in life, get away from those people. I mean, I don't care how close they are, I don't care how much you trust them. They are stuck in a place. They are going to be forever. And if you want more, you have to have different people around you, um, because you know people will tell you all kinds of things to keep you from trying to be successful. Because they they can't see it in themselves, so they definitely can't see it in you. And you you have to you have to rid yourself of that. You have to surround yourself with people that look at you and think, hey, yeah, I think you can do that, and yeah, I think you should try. And and they can see you. Before you've gotten there, they can see you doing it, um, you know, and, and you need those people in your life to be, you know, I, I use the term successful. People relate that to money, but I just, you know, just just overall happiness, having people that are there that want to see you unlock whatever potential you have and people that support that, um, you know, that's that's a tool that you can't buy, um, you know, <laughs> so but it's definitely one that you have to have in this life. I mean, it just is so. Um, right on. 
but that's uh, I would tell you I would tell you you know interesting to bring that up but I would tell you we're verging uh on a cliff of relationship uh uh relationship uh advice because I would tell you if if your man or woman doesn't support you then there's a it's a it's a tough road ahead so it's it's one of those luckily i'm blessed margo is like like she has always been like yeah sure why not you know at this point we've got nothing to lose sure go cut a board in half and then see if you can make it whole again you know so it's uh it's cool and and having those people around you uh, especially as a life partner um is amazingly helpful so hmm. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go into relationship goals but <laughs> well if margo's ever looking for a second job <laughs> she's got a prius driver is that what she's <laughs> No, you, she, you she is like the most positive person I think I've ever met. She's just always smiling and friendly. And I, you know, she's one of those people that put off that vibe that make you want to be around them. You know what I mean? You know, you run into them every once in a while. They just put off this vibe that you just want to, you want to be there. You're like, hey, yeah, and that's, you're cool. By the way, that's not an act either. Like, you know, I'd love to be the guy like, oh, you're not married to her, blah, blah, blah. No, that's pretty much her. That's and, awesome. uh. And it's, she's, she's one of those people that, 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 uh, live to her happiness level is on, uh, on, on by a large scale where if she can help people out, like she's always been excellent at, I set her up when we were in technology, I taught her how to do certain software packages, or I taught her how to, when we did, you know, she would go to QuickBooks training because our, our clients needed of you know financial info and and getting their people up to date on things i send her out as a trainer because she's like she's like the greatest trainer ever you know she just needs to know the material that's the easy part for a lot of people it's the personality that comes with you know guiding people through and teaching them that's the tough part because that's not something that's really easily learned in a seminar um and she's just one of those people that just absolutely loves giving the gift of joy to um, she's super at that and been an excellent force in, in, in all my companies. So I, t I wouldn't, I, I love working with her. Some people are like, yeah, man, I can't, I can't work with my wife. That would be, that'd be crazy. I'd be like, well, that's really sad. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's funny when you, you know, there are some things that just kind of make sense. Um, you know, it's like when you see, when you see somebody, um, like Joel, you know, you see him in his shop and in his environment and he looks like he's enjoying himself and, you know, just life seems fun. And you look over his shoulder and you see somebody like, like Margo there, it's, you, you go, okay, that makes sense. You know, it just, it's the same with, um, uh, uh, Tony and Mackenzie, you know, Tony Rillo yeah. is. You know, just a fab. I mean, he is a fabulous human being. Take forget the talent that he has um, for what he does, but he's just a fabulous human being. And when you look and you see the person in his life and Mackenzie, you're just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And it, not that, not that he's you know she's subservient to him. They just they 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 match each other well. You know, they they 
they share a joy. They they kind of push each other back and forth. You just when you look at that, it makes sense. So it's it's like um, you know, you just can't say enough about having that in your life. You know, I mean, it's just you know, if you don't have it, it sucks that you don't. So, <laughs> but um, I mean, there's always tomorrow. I mean, and I've never had anyone swoon over me the way Tony did. Uh, when I was in Georgia, the picture of him uh, when he was looking at me is I had it made into a, into one of my comforters. I'm not going to lie. The um, <laughs> in, my, in my guest bedroom, just the look he has on his face. I wish that anyone in my life would look at me consistently the way he was looking at me that evening. So can I tell you, can I tell you a secret about Tony real quick? Is it about the uh, tattoo? Because I've already seen it. No, 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 not the tattoo. So, uh, and by the way, that was a really good impression of you. Um, anyway, the uh, I'm not going to say any names, but I did see an email that he showed me. Uh, Tony Rillo makes some amazing tools. And, and these aren't just any tools. These are the upper echelon of excellence, in, like planes and squares and these amazing things that are coming out of his head and off of off of his his uh, workbench um and there is a very famous very high-end plane maker who sent him just a quick note says hey i've been watching what you've been doing and uh i'm impressed and i'm not a man who's easily impressed keep up the good work blank and it was it was one of those things like i wish i would have seen tony's face when he first read it no <laughs> because it's it's it, he showed it to me like a kid in a candy store and, and by gosh he should he 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 should have that and uh and it was very cool it was i was i was all butterflied up because because to get accolades like that at his level from somebody else who is uh, um, a Van Gogh in the field uh, is is a very cool thing, and 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 Tony will never show anybody else that. And I just wanted to mention it because everybody should bug him to see a copy of it, at least redacted, because it's it's a it's a fun thing, and it's nice. Well, I'm sure he's going to thank you for putting him on the spot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he will. I'm sure I'll get a swift kick in the ass. Yeah, this, so this will be great when I have to redact either this whole part or make sure that he can't see it uh, over here. <laughs> but, uh, well, it has, uh, we have crested the hour mark uh, actually a while back, so um, we should probably start putting the brakes on this fun time. But, uh this uh, this one was fun. I, I enjoyed this. Um, I, I appreciate you guys letting me ramble on about the shit show that is Equifax, and uh, then out of nowhere come in with uh, some inspiring words <laughs> at the end. <laughs> so just trying to add some levity to the dumpster fire that uh, is life sometimes, I guess. But um, anything, uh, any other quick things you guys want to throw out before uh, before we call it an evening? No, I, I haven't insulted any electricians today, so I'm pretty good. <laughs> it's still there's still time. There's still time. Yes. No, I'm I'm good. I, I think we had a good, pleasant conversation. I thought the Equifax thing was excellent, as always. Uh your your uh Mike's Mortgage Minute uh is a is a fantastic service that everybody needs to know because whether you're not buying a house now, you will in the future. And uh 
and it's good to good to have that information under the belt. Hey, I've heard there's other companies right. out there that do mortgages uh, too. I mean, I oh, I I've never heard of any. Just mm-hmm. rumors, just rumors. So, and Izzy, when are when are we when are we uh, when are we doing the live show in your shop? Uh, <laughs> when he opens one in Charlotte. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, um, months. I mean, we're we're still a ways away. All right, cool. Well, I was, I'm good because I'm going to be swinging by Charlotte to get up there. It's a little out of my way, but I have to kidnap a guy. Right on. Yep. Oh. Well, um, you know, let me know when you do. I'll um, I'll, I'll loan you my Prius. Sweet, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I can I can't think of anything better than me and Joel driving around with me duct taped up in the back of a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I pulled you over because there's a foot hanging out of the trunk. <laughs> ah, don't worry. He doesn't need it. He yeah, sits on his ass all day. <laughs> he's he's going to be just fine. Well, um, all right, guys. Uh, Mr. Crawford, let the fine folks know where they can find you. Uh, actually, I'm going to give you something else because I have people finding me uh, on other podcasts. Uh, or other episodes. So, um, Justin Christensen, uh, does amazing scroll art and, uh, speaking about another Van Gogh, um, now he's a jerk and not a nice guy at all. And he, uh, he's not a pleasant person or even one that you'd want to share the same room with. However, his talent on the jigsaw uh, and what he does uh, to deconstruct a picture and reconstruct it in wood type and wood grain is uh, is masterful. Uh, find him on Instagram. Uh, I bet you if I was smart, I would have pulled that up already. But I'll have Mike put it in the show notes. And then I'll put it there. But it, definitely, to go see him because he's he's uh, the, he does this amazing reproduction sometimes of of modern artists and especially like graphic novel style but these are on big you know wooden prints for some i don't know the other name for them uh definitely awesome so easy uh you can find everything easy at easyswan.com hmm it even sounds delicious when you say it. Where where can we find your stuff, Mike? Me. You can find me as always at maybe I've said too much dot com. Um, and our podcast is available on all the social medias at maybe podcast, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, leave us comments, questions, send us messages. Um, we love to respond. We love to make fun of you before we do, but then we love to respond. All right, guys, have a great night. Thank you to everybody for uh, hanging out with us, and uh, we will talk to you on the next episode. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.